And now, a Blaze Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? You look marvelous. Coming off that long weekend, after that long lockdown, after that long time away from people, then you had the holiday weekend. People are out and about, but we also found this news that I find is a little troubling. The moon is rusting. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I said. What? The moon is rusting? Yeah. Apparently there's water on the poles of the moon and it's rusting. And, you know, I don't know if there's Bondo that we can send up to the moon and just Bondo that bad boy so you can't tell. But apparently the mineral Hamati, Hamatite, H-E-M-A-T-I-T-E, F-E-203, according to the study, um, the oxidizing process uh, has been speculated to operate on the lunar surface and form ferric iron bearing minerals, unambiguous detections of ferric minerals forming under highly reducing conditions on the moon have remained elusive. But our analysis of the moon mineralogy mapper data show that Hamanite, a ferric mineral, is present at high latitudes on the moon. Okay. <laughs> so, be on the lookout for pieces flying off the moon, zipping around. <laughs> you don't want none of that. You don't want you don't want the moon rust pieces falling off. So we've got to do something. Something has to be done. I mean, that's a million dollar idea. We'll produce a little NASA planet Bondo. And maybe we could then use it back here on Earth. But first, first, we've got to get Elon to ship a couple of rockets up to the moon so we can put that Bondo on and stop the moon from rusting. What happens if it rusts out altogether? And we just got to put it in the planet junkyard. Nobody wants to do that. I mean, no one wants to get thrown into the junkyard, right? And that's, uh, I mean, that's what happened to me. I started to rust and I realized, man, I need something for the rust. You know, the pain, you know, the inflammation. You know, the limping around, the lifting of the shoulder, the squeezing of things with your fingers, that hurt. Well, I found a fix. Or at least, a helpful fix. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com So, Relief Factor targets the underlying problems from four different metabolic pathways to alleviate the pain. At the source. All right. It supports a healthy response to the inflammation. It decreases the the discomfort. And look, here's the deal. It stops the pain. Okay. And it makes you feel better, which means you're going to get your life back. (laughs) It's just that simple. Relief Factor hears from tens of thousands in the audience who say, hey, Relief Factor changed my life. And it changed my life 
by reducing the pain that I was having every day. And that's why they started the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Relieffactor.com. Get started today and get your life back. For only $19.95, you get the three-week quick start and you can realize, you know, my shoulder doesn't hurt as bad as it used to. You know, my knee doesn't feel as bad as it used to. I can actually walk a little bit better than I was walking. Yeah, that's relief factor. Look, and you don't want (laughs) to... I started taking it. I felt better. And then I realized, hey, I feel better. So I ran out and I just stopped taking it. And then I started hurting again. And I just went, hey, dummy, you, you ran out of relief factor. Order some more. Relieffactor.com. Get your three-week quick start today. Get started to get on the train to get your life back for only $19.95. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more. I'm confident. Seriously, you're going to be in that 70%. I was that went on to order more and get your life back with the three-week quick start from Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. I'm excited to talk to the founder of Jelly Belly today, David Klein. He's going to be on the podcast. So if you do not subscribe to Chewing the Fat and you're hearing this show right now, you probably will not hear the interview. But he's the founder of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans, known as the Candyman, the actual Candyman. I'm going to talk to him on the podcast today. He's giving away one of his candy factories as part of a nationwide treasure hunt because he's retiring. And I can't wait to talk to David about it. And you don't want to miss that interview. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay? That's all you need to do. If you are not a subscriber and you're listening to the show, subscribe. Choose the platform of your choice. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, whatever little platform warms the inner workings of your heart. And then you just subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay? All right. Let's go. So if you've listened to me or this show long enough, you know that I've always wanted to own a Guinness Book of World Record. A record. You know, I want to hold a Guinness record of something. I have a couple of ideas that uh, you know we've talked about before. This particular record, I don't think I want. Uh, the Austrian man beat his own record. He already held it, so he decided, hey, I'm going to beat my own record. I, you know, I guess I understand that. The record is for the longest full body contact with ice cubes. Um, I mean, I like it cold. <laughs> I like it cold. I don't know that I want to get into this giant custom made glass box filled up to his shoulders with ice cubes 440 pounds of ice cubes were needed to fill up the box after he stepped inside wearing nothing but swim trunks that's some serious shrinkage i mean being cold in that box just uh, amazing so he fills it up right now he claims in order to fight the wave of pain 
caused by the freezing temperatures, he tries to focus on positive emotions. Oh, isn't that special? I focus on positive emotions, and that means I can sit in this box of ice cubes, 440 pounds of ice cubes, for two hours, 30 minutes, and 57 seconds. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. He says, I'm fighting the pain by visualizing and drawing on positive emotions so I can dampen this wave of pain. That way I can endure. He beat his own record from last year by 30 minutes. So last year he could only do it for two hours. This year after doing it for two hours, he realized, oh, all I have to do is, you know, visualize and draw on more positive emotions and I could go for longer. And he did. He went for another 30 minutes. So he has the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, He's in the book for the longest full body contact with ice cubes. Two hours and 30 minutes and 57 seconds. I want to make sure to get the 57 seconds in. You don't want to short change him as he's probably been shorted up enough with that shrinkage issue. <laughs> it's so cold. Wow. He's planning to beat this record one more time. This next year, he's coming to Los Angeles. Yeah, good luck getting in. They're still letting people in from, uh, from another country uh, to set records into California. And, uh, but you know, it'd be exciting. I, I'm willing to, you know, let him do it here in Texas. Come on, call me. Joseph Coburl, call me. And you come on over from Austria and we'll set you up here at Mercury Studios and we'll, we'll let her fly. All right. Joseph Coburl. Congratulations. Congratulations. All right. I got a new email scam that, uh, apparently is now the new the new way to get me and they could have but there's no amount remember you know i get the scams i'm sorry the opportunity to make a lot of money by helping other people in other parts of the country like you know i get the emails from reem el hashini she is always after me she changes her position from time to time but the last time was 30% of $47,745,533. Okay. And she was just waiting my instruction for further transfer to a destination. Now that's kind of exciting. I mean, that gives me a, an amount that I can look forward to. But then I got a new email that is attention beneficiary. Be informed that while auditing the second quarter of overdue payment list to approved beneficiaries in our records as compiled and approved by the World Bank to cushion the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on people for some reason have not received their funds from different financial institutions. I mean, I'm almost hooked already. (laughs) I'm almost ready to reply. Uh, 
<laughs> your email ID is found to be among the list of unpaid beneficiaries. Nice. I'm a fan. However, oh no. We received an email message from one Mrs. Nancy Ennis, E-N-N-I-S, in parentheses, who claims to be your next of kin with authority to receive your payment after several attempts were made to reach you. So I don't know who this Nancy Ennis is, but I'm already angry at her for trying to for trying to take say it, that she could be me. I, I've authorized her to take payments for me. All right, so I'm still kind of iffy on whether I'm going to reply. There has not been an amount yet listed to what's available to me. She has submitted her information to receive your payment, which has been credited to an ATM debit card. We decided to make this last contact with you. That's so nice of them. Ah, thank you. We decided to make this last contact with you to verify the authenticity of Miss Nancy Ennis's claim on your behalf. See, they're questioning it. They even question the authenticity, but they have to go with it if I don't respond. If you did not authorize her to receive your payment, we advised you to contact the ATM counselor office, David Kirshner, on, and they gave me a, a Gmail address, wbc.dvdkirshner at gmail.com, immediately with your information for the delivery of your ATM debit card. Information required from you are your full name, contact address, mobile phone, your document of personal identification, Yours sincerely, David Kirshner, ATM Counselor Office, World Bank Counselor Office. That is so, so nice of them. Wow. I really, it means a lot to me that they would reach out to me like that because they're questioning the authenticity of this Miss Nancy Enos who is out there saying that she is my next to Ken and has authority to receive payment, which she does not. So I almost, you know, I'm ready to reply. There's no amount, though. See, if they threw in an amount, I might, it might draw me more into replying. Like if they said, we received an email message from one Miss Nancy Ennis who claims to be your next of kin with authority to receive your payment of $822 billion. That we tried to, we attempted to, attempts were made to reach you and failed. Something is something along those lines, but with no amount and just a basic, Hey, send me your information and you're going to get an ATM card for monies owed because I'm on a, a payment list to be to approved beneficiaries from the world bank. I mean, that's kind of cool, but no. So be on the lookout for that coming to your email. Uh, very, very soon. Uh, my first reaction for you, you can act for yourself. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You're able to think for yourself. <laughs> so you go ahead. Uh, you do what you want to do. My advice would be to not reply to that. I know. I know. If they gave me a mount, like if they said, hey, Jeff, <laughs> be on the lookout though I mean I'm just here to 
help you out, okay? Okay, so there was a ton of sports that happened this past extra long weekend, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of it. Just know that, you know, we had the... We had the horse race, right? The Kentucky Derby. Really strange not seeing anyone uh, there for the Kentucky Derby. It's a huge event. In fact, it's a. I mean, it's a. It's a huge event, not just race day, but beyond that. That just happened. Nothing. It just seems so weird. We've got to get our lives back. Um, then there was the. Uh, you know, they had the the big uh, the big thing. Uh, the the person the horse that was supposed to win didn't win. Tis the law. And then the winner went into the winner's circle and started knocking people over and running around crazy. It was just, uh, you know, another strange event that happened. And then we had uh, tennis, right, where the head guy in the world hits a ball back to the back to the wall and hits one of the line judges in the neck. And she goes, you know, she goes down. Thankfully, she's okay. But it hit her in the neck. So obviously, anytime you get hit with a tennis ball flying into your Adam's apple or your neck, you're going to go down. It hurts. And so they rushed over and, you know, tried to make She was fine. And she is fine now, and thankfully. But uh, it was an accident. So, you know, maybe you warn the guy and you find him. Nope, kicked out. Have a nice day. Uh, you forfeit everything. Sure, you were in the lead of the U.S. Open. Sure, you're the best in the world. Have a nice day. Oh, okay. So, our rules are rules. That's it. Uh, there's, there's no common sense. Sorry. Sure, there's common sense when other players break rackets and throw stuff around. But when you accidentally hit a tennis ball and it hits someone in the neck and they're fine afterward, we've got to kick you out. It's really weird. I didn't understand the put the hammer down. But they did. They put the hammer down hard. Then uh, we had the baseball. Uh, still playing. They're still playing baseball. I know. Really weird. And they've got the cardboard cutouts behind the players. And then the rest of the stadium is empty. Really weird. But they're still playing. And, it's you know, if you like baseball, good to watch. And I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. But, you know, I get hooked in because I, I do like baseball. So whenever I and, I... and I don't go out of my way to watch it. But when I do, I like watching it. And I, I played baseball for years. And, I you know, I love the game. I understand it. But there was a big to-do on social media because an umpire kicked a general manager out of the game in the uh, in the Atlanta game this weekend. And the original video and tweet was saying that he kicked the general manager out because he wasn't wearing a mask. Now, the general manager is up on the third deck of the stadium, nobody around him, and he's not wearing a mask. There were pictures of him with a mask on up there, like, I don't know, when he first arrived or whatever, and then he, you know, he's up there by himself, uh, gets to take it off. <laughs> I'm guessing you people on the field are safe from him. That was the original. He gets kicked out of the game for not wearing a mask. Well, if that's true, that's not what the outcome was because the outcome said that he got kicked out because he was hollering, uh, you know, arguing balls and strikes. Really strange that you could hear him. I guess you could hear him from up there because there's no fans in the stadium. But really strange that an umpire, you know, stops the play and kicks somebody out that's up on the third deck in a suite. It's a general manager for hollering, you know, arguing balls and strikes, hollering down on the on the field. Just really weird. And then it was reported that the umpire said, oh, I don't care if it was Trump. 
Uh, you don't argue balls and strikes. I'd kick him out of the game. I'd still vote for him, but I'd kick him out of the game. Well, I mean, if that's true, then he can no longer umpire. If he would vote for Donald Trump, he can't be an umpire in baseball. That's, that's out of the question. <laughs> and then uh, we had uh, college football last night was really good to have back. Uh, wow. I mean, it was good to have college football back. Really strange with no crowd. I don't know how much I can handle the no, no people in the stadium thing. And hopefully this will drive the fans crazy enough to complain and you know put up a fuss that hey we want to go to these games we need to be at these games let us go to these games and they'll you know let people in to watch the games that would be a a wonderful thing then i got started down a rabbit hole for some reason as i'm looking up this umpire who kicked the general manager out of the out of the game and i you know again i you know the original story was that he kicked the guy out of the game for not wearing a mask. So I couldn't believe that this was going on. So I, you know, I started searching around and I want to find out if major league baseball commented. I want to find out what the real story is. And so I start searching around and I see a story on Ron Luciano. Now I know you don't know who Ron Luciano is, but he was a major league umpire. I remember Ron Luciano as a major league umpire because he was really a crazy umpire. He was the first umpire that would jump up and down and call people out and scream and holler on the, uh, at the plate. He would have, he had his big antics behind the plate, striking people out. And, you know, he was great. I mean, he really made the umpires stand out instead of just being the umpire, which, you know, is debatable whether you like that or not. Right. And he was part of their, I mean, he really helped the umpires, uh, throughout the years in their unions because he believed that they deserved more than what they were getting. And, you know, uh, you, you tend, when, he, when you hear the arguments that he had, you tend to agree. So I start going down the Ron Luciano uh, rabbit hole. I don't know why his I have umpires, Ron Luciano, he's the top guy, so he comes up and I start reading about him. And I start reading about this great life. This guy, this umpire who played college football he's this big guy six four heavy set guy i mean that's what made him so larger than life on the baseball field too as an umpire right he's this big guy out there yelling and screaming and going through antics of calling people out and safe at the plate and safe at the bases it was just you know fun to watch so apparently he's this all-american football player gets drafted gets injured never really does well in the nfl but because of his injuries and then he was gone, right? So then he becomes an umpire in Florida and he gets promoted and pretty soon he's doing major league baseball and he just, and he retired in 1980. I, I, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I knew when I, in, in those days and I watched baseball and you know who Ron Luciano was. So, uh, you know, I find SC is great. And he wrote, and then he's, uh, you know, he became his umpire and became, you know, this uh, flamboyant guy out on the field. And uh, he said he used to talk to the players when they would come up. He was one of the first guys that would talk to the players when they would come up to the plate. And he told a story here about uh, Carl Yaskrimski, who played for Boston. And he said, before I could say a word to him coming up to the plate, he looked at me and said, listen, Ronnie, my kid is hitting 300. My wife is fine. I haven't heard any new jokes. And I I don't want to know about Polish restaurants. I'm nothing for 15. I want you to keep your mouth shut. 
And, and, and Luciano said, what can I say? And on the second pitch, he hit a home run. And as he crossed home plate, he looked at me and nodded and said, okay, you can talk to me now. I mean, that's good stuff. Those are great stories, great baseball stories. And so then, you know, it talks about his, his life after and how he became an announcer and he wrote these books. And it goes on and on. I'm down this rabbit hole, this Ron Luciano rabbit hole. And then at the very end, oh, yeah, he was found dead in his garage. What? I was so, I'm so sad. I've been sad for all, you know, for the last day because Ron Luciano committed suicide. I was so sad. This guy with this great life or what appeared to be a great life then ends up taking his own life. We're in his garage, carbon monoxide poisoning. I guess, he, you know, he suffered from depression for years. He was hospitalized the year before he died in 1995. And I, you know, who knows what, what's going through the guy's mind. But I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I, I, seriously, I couldn't believe it. I, this guy that was larger than life and did all these great things for other people and uh, did things that made people, you know, smile and, and react well all over the, you know, all over the world. These baseball, these baseball games. And then he was an announcer of baseball games a week, all this stuff, wrote books, who wanted to be on TV, all this stuff. And then he's so depressed that at the age of 57, he takes his own life. It's so sad. It's so sad. If you are struggling with depression or anything that makes you think about uh, suicide, please don't. Uh, please don't. I'm, I'm going to, I mean, talk to someone who can help, right? I mean, the suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. If you need help, get help. Because it just what seems like it's going to make it better, that suicide doesn't make it better. I mean, you just... All the people around you, your loved ones, it's just, don't do it. Don't do it. Get help, okay? And the suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 24 hours a day, English and Spanish, 1-800-273-8255. Please. <laughs> Let's go to the break room. I need a drink of coldness. I know. I know. Let's. I'm trying to pick up the pace a little bit, okay? Sorry. <sighs> oh, so good. So Nestle's makes the very best. <laughs> they, uh, and they, the question to that is, uh, do they? Because uh, Nestle's is adding fake tuna to its growing plant protein portfolio. Okay. The tuna alternative based on pea protein, P-E-A, protein, not, well, you get it, and wheat gluten 
will first be sold in Nestle's home market of Switzerland. Good. Don't bring it here, although they will. It's under the Garden Gourmet brand. Yay! Now, the plant-based seafood industry, according to this article, lags behind the meat and dairy markets. Really? Maybe because it's fish? Well, Nestle's is joining an increasing number of competitors trying to win the category. Yeah, because you want that category. You want to own the fake fish. Fishless fish market, but apparently they do. Uh, Impossible Foods said they're working on fishless fish. Conagra Brands sells uh, frozen plant-based fish fillets. Yum, yum. Doesn't that sound good? And Good Catch makes tuna and crab cakes from legumes oh man you've got me hooked you've got me hooked and who doesn't want tuna that's pea protein and wheat gluten man that sounds good man does that sound good plus of course the reason that we're doing this is because well there's concerns about the future of the fishing industry we want to, you know, keep the fish stocks within biologically sustainable levels. So, we really want fake fish. Okay. Okay. Now, Nestle's introduced sausage substitutes earlier this year and also makes plant-based mints, meatballs, cold cuts, chicken nuggets, and fillets. Oh man, Nestle makes the very best. Man, does that sound good? Remember to subscribe to Chewing the Fat, this show, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just add Chewing the Fat to your subscription list. It's free and it's fun. <laughs> and so, you know iHeart, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever warms the little inside of your heart and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And as long as you're doing it, I mean, you're already there, right? You're already there. You might as well subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's the same name. (laughs) I know. I know. And then you can follow me on all the you know, social media accounts, Twitter at Jeffy JFR, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio, and then, you know, come along for the ride and have fun. Okay? That's right. That's important. So one of the things that COVID-19 and the lockdown has done, besides uh, made us look for, uh, you know, a vaccine, and besides... You know, make us look for a disinfectant spray, which I'll you know, talk about in a second. They've they've developed this disinfectant spray that's, you know, kind of cool. But it's also driven people to do things illegally that they might not normally do. Like, oh, I don't know, you know, underground bars. Because bars aren't open. And I'm sure that there's underground restaurants. I'm sure that there is. I'm sure that there's underground. Anything that you need is available to you. Underground. Illegally. 
down the alley and to the left. Through those doors and go downstairs. Take the third door on the right. Take the hallway until you get to the end. Bang on the door and if the guy lets you in, you're in. I'm, you know, I'm sure with whatever you need. But authorities raided an illegal bar in Brooklyn over the weekend. The 281 people inside in this bar. Uh, now, the bar had its liquor license revoked last year. And somebody had a kid there. So now you've got too many people in the bar. You've got endanger, child endangerment. There was too many people inside this room with only one exit. So, I mean, they're, they're in trouble, right? But really, what is this? This is people trying to get together and enjoy other humans while drinking alcohol. But they can't. Because of this lockdown and because of these insane rules, especially in New York. So it kind of, you know, it's understandable. It really is understandable. And it's just really, really frustrating. And something has to be done. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of what has to be done. I don't know. Like maybe stop locking down places and open up businesses and let businesses try to survive please something like that maybe there should be a movement i don't know a movement of free enterprise and you know it's something with uh with uh you know a a bill of rights and a constitution maybe there's something like that maybe there should be something like that i don't know where you find something like that but if you find it let me know I mean, we need to get the country back up and running again. There's no question. So then I see a story that headlines, uh, lockdowns didn't help contain COVID-19. Opening up didn't boost. And I thought, wait, what? Yeah. An analytics firm uh, tallied the cumulative number of reported COVID-19 cases in each state and the District of Columbia as a percentage of population based on data from state and local health departments aggregated by the COVID tracking project. We then compared that with the timing and intensity of the lockdown in each jurisdiction. That is measured not by the mandates put in place by government, government officials, but rather by observing what people in each jurisdiction actually did, along with their baseline behavior before the lockdowns. This is captured in a highly detailed, uh, animized cell phone tracking data provided by Google and others and tabulated by the University of Maryland's Transportation Institute into a social distancing index. But the point of all of this, and I'm going to delve into this because I haven't looked into it deeper than this story. But the point is, is that uh, through the raw evidence might suggest that the lockdowns uh, made the spread worse. (laughs) Uh, It definitely... uh, uh, made didn't didn't hurt and it didn't help so what are we doing we're crushing the united states economy for something that isn't helping we need to be aware of how to socially distance and you know what if you're out and about it's best if you wear a mask but we're going to industries need to be open businesses need to be open and just be aware that if you're in this window 
you are, you know, you're of high risk and this window is low risk and be careful and wash your hands. In fact, hose down with the new EPA approved surface wise two spray hose down with that. And then you're good. Well, actually you might not be good because they tell you that it doesn't, you still have to clean and it doesn't do it. You have to do regular cleaning. What? Okay, fine. I will do regular cleaning. So apparently they've given the go-ahead on this SurfaceWise 2 antibacterial spray that uh, American Airlines can use, and they're letting uh, North Texas healthcare facilities run by Texas Methodist Health System test this as well. Now, airlines... Well, this is maddening to me, okay? So we made a big deal about the airlines increasing their cleaning procedures between flights, which is good. I got, you know, fine. I, they, they should be, right? But it also included the use of some disinfectant sprays meant to disinfect for a week or more, right? We showed them, but we talked about it, how they bring in the, they bring in the sprayer and they hose everything down and it's all good and well to go. But American Airlines have been using another electrostatic spray on the planes for the past few months, right? Which we talked about. So is Southwest Airlines uses a, an antimicrobial spray that says hey, it lasts up to 30 days. Uh, they have not been vetted by the EPA. So they're using all those products. None of this is okayed. None of this, they don't know for sure. It's just amazing to me. How they're doing, they don't know for sure. Ah, yeah, it probably works. And it makes you feel better. We've spent all this money, and we're fine. Don't worry about it. Wait. What? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm with you. Okay, so they're talking about, is you know, COVID is primarily spread through air droplets. Yeah, we know. We got it. But it's also possible that a person could get it by touching the surface or an object the virus has come in contact with. Yep, got it. That's why we were wiping everything down. That's why we were saying, hey, that stuff that you're spraying on the planes and the stuff that you're doing, that kills all that stuff, right? Yeah, we're pretty sure it does. Look, the EPA, and you know, nothing has been regulated, so we're pretty sure that that antimicrobial spray works. We're pretty sure that uh, the other electrostatically spraying uh, surfaces are fine, but none of it's been really, we don't know for sure. <laughs> so this is the only, the Surface Wise 2, is the only uh, product that's come through the APA that's being tested and it's being allowed to kill things. They're saying that it could kill things, you know, for up to 30 days. That's incredible. I mean, I want to spray that all over. You want to, you want to soak in that, <laughs> which is probably a, a problem. So there's that. And the good thing about American Airlines is they're going to be clean and up and flying and crews are going to be allowed to wear their BLM pins. So that's good. Now they've already got crews that are making other people, flight attendants and air and uh, pilots upset because they were wearing their black lives matter pins. Well, now they're saying, well, I'm going to wear my Trump pin then. And my husband is a police officer and I don't like you wearing your black lives matter pin while I'm on a plane and I'm flying on a plane. I have to wear my mask. How come you get to wear your BLM? I mean, it's just, it's just a stupid fight over American airlines. So they're going to, you're going to see either fist fights from flight attendants 
one wearing a Trump pin and one wearing a Black Lives Matter pin, or maybe American Airlines says, hey, while you're working, you have to wear an American Airlines pin. Uh, thank you. There's an idea. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So David Klein, the candy man, the founder of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans, has created a treasure hunt for a chance to win one of his factories and other prizes, I guess. Um, he uh, has what's being billed as the golden ticket. He's leaving necklaces around uh, the world that you are going to be able to find using clues with his treasure hunt. And you can find out more at thegoldticket.com. Now, I talked to David last night. If you're listening live to this podcast, it's 9-8-2020. And I talked to David on the 7th, the, yesterday evening. I talked to him for about 10 minutes. We had a great conversation and we were supposed to hook up today for the podcast. And I've called now multiple times to no answer. The first time I called went to voicemail. I left a, and I left a message. The rest of the calls, the voicemail is now full. So I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if he went and read something about chewing the fat and then said, ooh, no, not doing that. I don't know if something personal came up. I hope everything is okay with himself and his family. Uh, I don't, you know, wish any bad will on any of that. However, I would like to say, David, Candyman, what up? I mean, you're Mr. Entrepreneur. You are on top of the world. We've got the Amazon Prime documentary, an actual documentary called Candyman, the David Klein story. And now you're giving away an opportunity, uh, a treasure hunt. It costs uh, 50 bucks to enter the hunt. There's only a thousand participants in each hunt. It's valued at five thousand dollars so if you find the necklace i guess the necklace is worth five grand uh, i'd love to talk to him about it i guess if you uh if you win the ultimate treasure it's the key to one of his candy factories and an all expenses paid trip and education to a candy making university he will uh add this treasure hunt after all the states have had a chance to play okay so, I'd love to have him tell you about it, but apparently, no. So, maybe if he calls me today and says, hey, Jeff, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Something came up. It's a personal thing. Uh, I forgot about it. My phone was lost. It fell in the lake. I don't know. Gives me a decent excuse. We'll talk to Dave. I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> I talked to him last night for like 10 minutes. He's a really great guy. I don't know what, what happened. I'm so bummed. And I better be bummed for a good reason. If I find out it's something else. If I find out it's something else. Well then. I'll find out that it's something else. <laughs> 
okay? Really kind of bums me out, for sure. So I saw this thing, and it makes the rounds on the internet ever so often. And it's a list of things that says, give yourself one point for each thing you haven't done. Okay, so I see this, and I don't know what you get. <laughs> I don't know what it proves. There's 20 things on the list. One is skipped school, broken a bone, fired a gun, done drugs, been in a limo, gotten a tattoo, ridden a horse, sung karaoke, gotten a ticket, been arrested, gone ziplining, been on TV, been on a cruise, gotten a piercing, smoked, met a celeb, been skydiving, had a one night stand, skinny dipped, been drunk. So I don't know what you get if you get all 20, but everybody's supposed to pick, you know, how many they had and, uh, you know, how many you have and say, oh, I only got three um, or I got 10 or I got all, all 20. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, check, 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 not check, 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 not check, 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 check. And so it looks like I've got, of course, 18. I mean, you could have guessed that, right? I mean, that's easy enough. 20, 20 of them. And I've, I got, uh, I got 18. Right, so let's see, skip school, broken a bone, fired a gun, done drugs, been in a limo, ridden a horse, sung karaoke, gotten a ticket, been arrested, been on TV, been on a cruise, smoked, met a celeb, skydiving, one night stand, skinny dipped, been drunk. Okay, so I really didn't get 18. So I've got uh, skydiving, no, I've not been skydiving, so there's 19 out of 20. Uh, gotten a piercing, not for real. So there's 18. Zip lining, I don't know if that means just like a small zip line across the yard or one of the big zip lines. So we'll say I've done that, but the big zip lining down a mountain, no. But, you know, across a yard, yeah. Uh, gotten a tattoo, I have not gotten a tattoo. So that's one, two, three. So 17, 17, all right, so not 18. I, what do I get? Do I win a prize 17 out of 20? <laughs> Congratulations, you've won a brand new, and as long as we talked about the moon earlier, because uh, we talked about uh, the moon uh, rusting earlier, just know that uh, Halloween 2020, Saturday, October 31st, which is going to be a, a beautiful night. A beautiful night. So this Halloween, we get a blue moon. Yay! So you're going to have a full moon on Halloween. And then the full moon is already... Uh, it's going to be closer, so it's a blue moon, right? They, uh, you know, most blue moons look pale, gray, and white. But uh, squeezing a second full moon into a calendar month, uh, hello, it's 2020. Now, a blue moon on Halloween only happens about 19 times a century. Next one occurs, next one won't occur until 2039, 
Wow, that's quite a ways. <laughs> We've already had two super moons. So now we're going to blue moon on Halloween and it's time change day. So it's going to be 25 hours. The super moon, of course, you know, is closer to Earth. Look 14 times larger and 30 times brighter. But the blue moon will be, I mean, we get an extra hour, right? So we get 25 hours of the blue moon. I mean, we're not going to have Halloween anyway, so we might as well have something to look forward to, right? I mean, cities, I started to see headlines where cities are already canceling Halloween. And what are you going to go as? <laughs> You're going to wear a mask of yourself? <laughs> we're already all wearing masks, right? Right. So I don't know. Are we going to have Halloween? I've said all along, no. I'm sure there's going to be some places that have it, but I doubt it. I doubt it. You're going to want your kids going up to strangers' houses and getting candy from those houses? I mean, I do. I say go. It's worth a shot to get uh, bags full of candy. Uh, yes, please. But in today's world, in the COVID-19 Halloween, ew, I don't know. I don't know. Sure, I want to go outside and see the blue moon. Sure, I do. No, no, of course I do. And of course I want to get free candy. So I guess that answers the question, right? Right.